Hey there, you're listening to Chase Stories Chats with Marcelino Perez, a series where I sit down with friends and talk about their life stories and journeys. We dive into their passions and how they got to where they are now, discussing the good, the bad, and the funny all along the way. Everyone has an important story to share, and there are valuable lessons we can take away from each one. And welcome back, everybody, to another Chase Stories chat. I am joined today with my friend, Casey. Casey, thank you for joining me. Hey, of course. Yeah. Casey and I know each other through mutual friends. That's how we met. Um, And she is also a graphic designer, and she has helped me design some cool stuff that's on a project on the side that I'm working on, but I've been super happy, and she and I have been working on that. So, Casey, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's been so much fun. yeah, I, I, I like the stuff that's come out, like gets me so hyped. So I'm excited to share that one of these days. It'll come out eventually, but not yet. I'm super excited to see it. Yeah. Uh, well, you you already know what it looks like. But yeah, yeah. But- I'll definitely be coming back for more. Good. <laughs> a tradition here. We start off with the cheers. I got my, my trusty White Claw, another one. Again, oh. Only thing oh. here, you got to get your drink out too. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Cheers. I have, I have my trusty blue moon. Oh, love Cheers. me a blue moon. <laughs> Thank you. We always start off with the hard questions first. So here is your question, Casey. Oh, Are God. you familiar with a platypus? Yeah. The animal. Is a platypus a duck or a beaver? A beaver? Are, is that a, a, are you asking me a question? Are you responding to my question with a question? Well... They have one of those tails that like. <laughs> <laughs> this, hey, I'm not going to give my response. I'm just asking everybody this question. It's up to you. There's no right or wrong answer, but there probably is a right answer. I'm going to go with beaver and I'm going to stick with beaver. Final answer. <laughs> I, I was about to say final answer. <laughs> Casey, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, sort of your background and what you do now. Yeah, um, I'm from small town, North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> I grew up there uh, for like 24, 23 years. Mm-hmm. And I went to college to be a graphic designer. And that's what I do now. Um, I work for state government. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any hobbies besides um, making really cool designs? Thank you. Um, yeah, like I work out, I go on runs. Most of it consists of like working out and running. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love being outside. So whether it's running, working out, or like reading a book outside, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, perfect. And I know on Instagram, you are um, you talk a lot about you know body image and yourself and your sort of life experience. Would you be open to to sharing a bit about that and? Uh, Sort of the stuff that you've gone through and how you've gotten through that yeah absolutely um gosh like where do you want me to start mm, let's see i mean let's start with uh i mean wherever you feel comfortable where do you think the story does start for you where like with um let's talk about um let's talk about your relationship with like health and fitness yeah so i think like in 2000 in 13, I realized that I was 
according to doctors and BMI, I was overweight mm -hmm. and I needed something to change up my lifestyle. And um, fitness is something that has helped me a lot, um, like mentally. Like I, I have really bad anxiety. And when I started working out, I swear like that anxiety like vanished and it's just stuck with me since. So like I've been working out since 2013 and I really haven't stopped. Um, I guess when I started that journey, I had been going out downtown uh, every weekend, like every Thursday, Friday and Saturday. I was enrolled in like a local community college um, and I only did that because that's like what everyone was doing. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know if I wanted to go to college yet. And um, I was just making mistake after mistake after mistake. So I would like make my classes around the time where like, could I go out on a Thursday night and like stay out late and like still make it to class on Friday? Like that was like my <laughs> whole mindset. And I remember finally like disappointing my parents at some point, like, I think I had a hair appointment and work all in the same like hour of each other one morning. And I woke up at 11 o'clock. My dad's like yelling at me to get out of bed. I'd missed work. I'd missed my hair appointment. And like, I think that was like a changing point for me. Cause yeah. I was, like my parents are really, really disappointed in me. I need to change my lifestyle. But um, yeah, um, I was going downtown like every weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I was going to this place called Cookout at like two or three a.m. every morning uh, or every night um, and getting like whole cookout trays. So like cookout is like you can get a whole lot of stuff for like five dollars, like French fries, hot dogs, chicken fingers, like you name it. The and, good stuff. And that's what I was eating. Yeah, no, that's what I was eating like at three a.m. like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'd, I'd gotten really, really overweight. Mm -hmm. um, so something had to change. But yeah. um, no, I started working out. So my best friend at the time, she ended up getting pregnant. And I was like, well, there goes my going out option. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I was like, well, I should probably turn my life around a little bit. Um, so that's when I started working out yeah. and never stopped. Um, I fell off the track a few times, but always ended up getting back on. But there was always like a little bit of like road bumps or speed bumps from from when I started to now. Yeah. Was it hard to start? Because I, I feel like, you know, for, for some people, at least for me, it was kind of hard to start, especially so like I was super active um, through high school, through college, playing soccer. And then I got injured and then couldn't, you know, for a year I couldn't, I, I couldn't play soccer. I couldn't run really. Mm -hmm. uh, so getting back on the horse was really tough um, and getting back into it until it, like you said, like it kind of reached a point where like, all right, I got to do this. Like, yeah. do you have any, any tips for someone who's like wanting to start or whatnot? Oh my gosh, do it. Like think about the outcome in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, I like when when I was overweight, I was always like, what if I started then? I would look like this now. So yeah. it's just like, just do it. Yeah, just start it. Shout out to Nike. Just do it. 
Let's do it. <laughs> We're gonna get a, a brand sponsorship, please. Please yeah. do it. Um, yeah, I no, I totally agree with you. It's um sometimes I, at least for me, I was just like I was thinking super far ahead when mm -hmm. at you know, in, instead of you know jumping 500 steps forward, you need to take that one step. Yeah. Take that one step. And I think it, once you start and you start building that habit and, you know, like you said, like it's just been with you since then. Yeah. You just continue it. Which, uh, yeah. like, and it's super obviously like for your mental health, you brought it, it's been super beneficial, obviously for your physical health as well. Um, it's been very beneficial. Um, yeah. Do you want to, um, let me talk a little bit about, you know, troubles with anxiety and dealing with that too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I could literally, this can go on forever. Well, it's a good thing we've got time. So go for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I grew up with anxiety. I, um, I had my first panic attack when I was eight years old. Wow. I had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. Um, I like still remember it like vividly. I was on my way to my aunt's rehearsal dinner for her wedding. And like all of a sudden, like I was in the backseat of my parents' car and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to be sick. Like something's happening. Like I was like shaking, hyperventilating. My parents are just like, we think you just need food. So they like, took me to McDonald's and like got me chicken nuggets and fries and I, like, I couldn't eat it. And I was like, yeah. what's happening? Like eight years old. Um, Later, I I got diagnosed with uh, separation anxiety, which I I would I would attest to that now. But um, I got put on like prescription like Zoloft from eight years old to fourteen years old, and I would have panic attacks like once a week from eighteen or eight to fourteen, um, which is like really really rough. Um, but my mom has it, my grandma has it, my aunt has it. Like anxiety just like runs in our family. But um, when I tell people that, they're just like, they put you on Zoloft at eight years old. I'm like, yes. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, but when I when I turned 14 though, um, that that's when I like weaned myself off of it for the second time, like not the first time. Definitely had some some relapses in between, but that. I, I just, I, I kind of like taught myself like your life is more than what these are. These are just like little speed bumps. And like, it was always a temporary feeling, but in those feelings, I always felt like this is like not worth it anymore. Like as an eight year old. And I'm just like, this just isn't worth it anymore. Um, feeling this way. But my, when it come down to it, like this is going to sound so silly, but like my anxiety derives from like, I so bad. I always think about death, like just because like I'm afraid of dying. And yeah. so growing up, like that's what was always on my mind. Cause I was just like, it's another day. I'm another day closer to death. Like I'm I'm freaking out. And so like that's what would give me my my anxiety attack or my panic attacks. But when I was 14, I was like, Casey, you gotta get over this. <laughs> this is like ridiculous at this point. So I did really, really good um, until I was, gosh, I get like 17. Um, and when I was 17, I was uh, a senior in high school. 
and my my anxiety came back um, after I was sexually assaulted, um, and that was really really rough and on it and like I'm being so honest when I say this I don't I don't think the assault I want to be careful with my words I don't think the assault is what messed me up so bad I think when I finally got the courage to tell somebody yeah I when I finally got the courage to tell somebody, it was because I guess there should be like a backstory. Like, I don't want to just be like, Oh, I got assaulted because, um, no, like I went to a, a friend's party one night and we were 17. I had just started drinking, <laughs> waited till 17. But, um, I had a, I was a, I was a bowler. I don't know if you even know this, but I was a bowler in high school. Like on a, there's like a bowling team. Yeah. No, well, like so little I, uniforms and like the button down. <laughs> With like your name on the back and some cool design. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So um I had a bowling tournament the next day. So like even my 17-year-old self is like, Casey, you have a bowling tournament the next day. Like okay. don't drink too much as a 17-year-old. And so I didn't. I I drank a little bit and like I was like, I had a good buzz. And um everyone was staying at my friend's house. And there there was like less than 10 people there. Um and her bedroom was like decorated in Christmas lights. Like I knew where I was supposed to stay. This one other girl was staying. She had a huge bedroom. It was like a bed and then a futon. The futon came out to a couch, yada, yada. Um, but anyway, her, um, her friend had a boyfriend and like, I think she was a year younger than us. So she had to have been like 15 or 16, mm-hmm. but her boyfriend was like 24 or 25. And like, I, I didn't know who he was. Um, met him that night. He bought us alcohol. Um, and I think the girl, she ended up getting really drunk and like passing out real early. And he was like being a good boyfriend to her. Like he went upstairs and like to take care of her. And so I don't even know what time it was, but I was like, okay, like, probably time for me to go to bed. So I walk in there and then he's like over her, like making sure she's okay. And she's on the futon. And so I walked in a closet, I had a dress on, and I closed the door. And God, the birds are so loud. <laughs> closed the door. <laughs> and um, I got I got dressed in my pajamas. Like it was like shorts and a t-shirt. And I I told him just so he'd get out of the room and be like, I was yeah. like, um, the party's still going on downstairs. Like, I'll take care of her if you want. And he was like, Oh, thanks so much. So I got in bed, went to bed didn't look after her because i was like she's asleep she's fine um yeah um i i like i remember the whole night um i was drunk but it was like the type of drunk that you remember but i was also the type of drunk where it's just like someone could yell your name you couldn't hear them so i don't know how how much time had passed by but i was facing the wall and i still like remember it because like her whole room was lit up in in lights and um my pants I was in a fetal position and my pants were down to my ankles and someone was behind me and I didn't even do anything at first I was just I was like 
hyperventilating. I was like, oh my yeah. God, like disoriented. I, tur I turned around and I apologized to the guy. I was just like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, and he like hopped off and he was like, and his girlfriend was like beside us on the futon. It was him. Yeah. Um, and I like, I didn't, I, it took me, it took me for me to go back to sleep and me to wake up a few hours later to be like, that just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm totally good with like telling the story now. Like yeah. a few years ago, I, I couldn't get through it without crying, but, um, no. So I, I wasn't even going to tell anybody. And so I, um, I, I, I get it. Why, why people don't come forward. Like I was always like, I would see it on TV and then people like wouldn't say anything. And I'd be like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The first thing I would do is like alert the cops. And I was like, once it happens to you, I was like, I was scared shitless. Cause like, I don't know this person. He's a lot older than me. I don't know what he's capable of. Um, and I, I, I felt like ashamed of myself, you know? So I went the whole, I told my best friend and that's it. And I was just like, I did this happen me I don't know what to do like I'm just gonna forget about it um and then I went to my bowling tournament did terribly because it's like all I was thinking about um and Monday morning came around so this happened like on a Friday so Monday came around I had already gotten an apology from this guy on on was it Facebook or my it, I had him in Facebook I think that was around yeah <laughs> had him in Facebook yeah. But my mom, she she was still checking my Facebook every single day. Like, like, like I feel like I'd be that type of mom too. But but <laughs> my mom was just like, "Why? Who's this guy? And why is he apologizing to you?" And like, I immediately deleted it. I was like, "I don't know what he's talking about." Like, I don't know. Um, and I got to school on Monday morning, and his girlfriend came up to me and just gave me a huge hug, and she was like, "I just want to let you know I forgive you." And I just, that was the first time I, I cried and I broke down crying. Cause I was just like, I feel like it's my fault mm -hmm. that because like, I mean, I was asleep and that's what I woke up to. And like, I was like making myself feel guilty because like I drank enough where like something like that wouldn't wake me up. Like someone like literally pulling my pants down, like wouldn't wake me up. Like I felt like dirty. Um, so like I went to, I went to class and I was an art student which predicted today, but I, um, I was in art class and I'll never, I like, I, I'll always remember this teacher. His name was Mr. Van Sickle. Um, cause like, I don't, I think if it wasn't for him, like I wouldn't have told anybody, but like I was crying in class cause like this girl had just hugged me and forgave me. Um, and he came up to me. He was like, you're like one of my happy students. Like, why are you crying? And I was like, let's go outside. So I, I went outside and I told him and I already felt good. I was like, okay, I told one person I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, and he like got a substitute for our class and he was just like, we're going to the counselor's office. And in my head, I'm still like, okay, well like they're not going to tell my mom. <laughs> so I went to the uh, counselor's office and I told them what happened. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, they just handed me a phone. They're like, you have to call your mother. And I was like, my mom's going to like, fall over like what do you mean I have to call my mom um so I called my mom and my mom worked like 
45 minutes away from school. And I swear to God, she was there in like 20 minutes. Um, so like I told my mom what happened and, uh, they sent me to sexual assault center, which was super helpful. Cause they, I mean, they're like such nice people. They're like a nonprofit here in Raleigh. Um, but I finally got the courage to press charges against this guy, maybe like two weeks later. And like, I know that's a long time, but like, I swear, like I was not going to tell anybody and if it weren't for my art teacher, um, just because like of how like embarrassed I was and like I, in my head, like I knew what my parents would do. And like, I'm not the type of person that likes getting people in trouble. Um, obviously I'm not that person now, but I was just like this naive 17 year old that was terrified of everyone's opinion of me. But I, um, I finally went to the cops and I was in what I now know as an interrogation room. Um, so the first question I remember this guy asking me, he was just like, so, and like, mind you, I didn't know this was an interrogation room. Like I'd never, I've never been in contact with the cops ever, but they were just like, so what did you do to provoke this guy? And I was like, I don't probably didn't even know what provoked meant. And I was like, what? And they're just like, okay, next question what were you wearing? And I was like, pajamas? Well, what were you wearing before? Were you wearing a dress? Like we saw pictures and I'm like, yeah, I was wearing a dress. And the next question was like, how many partners have you had in, in, in your life? And I was like, I like immediately shut down and yeah. I don't even remember any questions after that but I I just knew like in that moment of being a 17 year old like I was like it's my fault like I should have never come to the police this whole thing needs to be dropped um I just I felt disgusting I felt like it was all my fault um and so like I I continue to think about that moment for I mean I still think about it to this day but that's how I didn't turn to like drugs or alcohol or anything but that's like how I started going out like every Friday Saturday Sunday well no Thursday Friday Saturday um because like it was just like something to look forward to and that's just like the kind of person I am like to get my mind off of things because like my anxiety like I will just overthink things all day long and me having something to do on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night was like what I looked forward to every week. And so like, I, I wouldn't think about this. Um, and the charges ended up being, I didn't, I didn't drop. No, I dropped the charges because I knew I would lose in court. Um, like the cops kind of proved that to me. Um, and you, even at the time, like, I don't, I don't think I realized like how, how bad and poorly I was treated in the interrogation room. And of course, like, I didn't know I was being recorded or anything like that. Cause like, I'm a minor, like, I don't think they have to tell you that, but like my mom was listening in the next room and, you know, she was just like taken. I mean, I wasn't a virgin at 17 years old, you know, like she was. And so like, I think she was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, like we just need to drop this. Um, 
so we did. And then I had the weekends to look forward to, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, I was in community college. I dropped out. I flunked all my classes there. But then my best friend got pregnant in 2013. So it kind of forced me to stop going out. Um, and I was like, I need something else to, to occupy my mind. And so that's when I enrolled into my graphic design program, which that kept me, kept me busy all the time. That's also like the same exact time that I started working out, which helped yeah. my anxiety. Um, so, oh my God. I'm, a, I'm sitting outside of my apartment complex and they just poured something out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that that's still like, I still have to get my mind off of that today because like this was before the Me Too movement. This was before like, this was back in 2011. Yeah, so it was before all of that. So I I don't feel like I had a voice then and it's just something that I have to cope with. Like I'm, I'm fine with it now. I just wish that I had a stronger voice back then, but it's something that like still gives me anxiety. So like to this day, like still, I, I work out, I mean, not just work out because of that, but like I work out because my mind will go haywire if, if I just sit at home all day inside. Um, yeah. And then, my anxiety like eased off since 2011, but then I feel like I'm doing all the talking. <laughs> Sorry, if you want to butt in at any point. Yeah, no, um, uh, anxiety worsened. Um, so I moved to DC with a guy um, about three years ago now. It's just about three years ago. And I got into a really, really bad relationship. Um, he just, was like a textbook narcissist. And so he, you know, I don't even know where to begin, but like he like left for Africa without telling me like the country. Like I was visiting North Carolina, my parents, and um, he went like two days without talking to me. And then I was like, what's up? Like, what's going on? Be like we're not friends on Instagram because he had me blocked because he doesn't think like boyfriend and girlfriend should be like friends on Instagram. And so I didn't know what, yeah, I know. Um, so I was like blocked on there. Um, and then he finally posted something after like two days not hearing from him. And he like posted this, like some elephants and like he tagged the location. And I was like, South Africa, are you kidding me? So yeah, he left Africa without telling me. Um, but it, like that whole, relationship was like terrible like he my my anxiety got so bad like I I did not feel like myself at all like I was like yelling which isn't me I was just like throwing stuff all the time which is not me and I was like like what has gotten into me um but he was he would stay gone till like 6 a.m on the weekends um he left for a lot of places like at last minute's notice as in like like a two days notice to go to India for three weeks, um, a one day's notice to go to Georgia, the country, not like 
below yeah. Russia, not Atlanta. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, I, I just always got so mad at him because yeah. he did stuff like that. And so I remember I'd just be, like, hmm? I'd be mad too, too. Yeah, no, he, oh, that, <laughs> don't do that. it was so many things before that, though, that I didn't just catch, I should have catched on to or caught on to, but I didn't like he didn't want any of his friends to know about me. So when he moved all of his stuff up with his friends separately than me, and this is when like Snapchat maps were just getting like it was like brand new. And so everyone yeah. was doing Snapchat maps and he had turned his off for the night. And in my head, like, I didn't think he was seeing anybody else, but in my head, I was just like, he's moving all this stuff up to DC right now. Like, I know he is. Um, and he did. Um, and that's why he turned his little snap maps off. Um, so yeah, like that was like a red flag. There's so many red flags, so many. I, I genuinely, and this is me just like making the assumption. I think that he needed someone to like pay half of his rent, honestly. Um, Cause like, I would like, buy our groceries, like pay off the rent, do all this. And I barely had the money to do so. And he would come home with like new clothes and he'd be like, oh, my sister sent it to me or oh, my dad sent it to me. And then I would like be doing laundry and then a whole list of receipts is in his drawer from all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I swear to God, like I went psycho in that relationship, like I felt my mental health like deteriorate, deteriorating, mm -hmm. and my anxiety was at a time high. And I'm I'm at this age where like it's been twelve years since I've taken anxiety medicine. So I've, I mean, I guess it was like ten years ago then. But I was just like I'm too. I don't want to swallow my pride and like have to go back on that. But he sat me down one night and I'll never forget this. Like I called my mom right after, but he like looked me in the eye. Cause like, I, I've been crying every day. I've been mad every day, but he was just like, I really think that you have bipolar disorder and you like should really go check that out. I'm really concerned about your health. I think that you could like kill me or you at like any minute. And I was like, I broke down like, cause he like, he literally convinced me. Cause like, I, cause like I'm a problem solver. And like, I've been trying to figure out like why I had been feeling this way for so long. Like not, not even thinking that it could be him. And I like, I called my mom. I was like, I had bipolar. And my mom was just like, Casey, bipolar doesn't run in our family. Like nobody has that. And I was like, that doesn't matter. Like it can happen like at any point. And um, that's, I think that's like kind of when we were just like, this isn't a good person. Yeah. Um, but I could, I could just like go on and on with all the things. That, like if anyone ever wants to know like everything that he did, like just ask. <laughs> Um, cause I'm super open about it. Um, but he ended up, we broke up, um, he went to Africa and so I went to LA for the first time and did like a Pacific coast highway spiritual journey ish thing for me. And I guess we got back on the same day and, um, 
we had a wedding to go to that weekend. Um, my mom would buy him plane tickets and train tickets all the time. So he could come back with, to North Carolina with me. And he'd always come up with an excuse. I'm like, my mom, I, I think she got her money back most of the time. But for this time, like I paid for him to like come on a train to North Carolina to go to this wedding with me. And he was just like, yeah, I'm not going. And I was like, okay. Um, so I went and then like the train ride back was like the longest. Cause like I knew we were breaking up. Yeah. Um, and and it ended up being nine hours. It's supposed to be five hours. It ended up being nine hours. It was like in the middle of June. It was freezing on the train for whatever reason, and it was pretty cold outside because it was raining. But a um a tree fell on the train tracks, so it was like nine hours to get back home. And I was oh, like, the, it was it was terrible. Oh my god, I'll never forget that train ride because I was like, <laughs> I'm getting broken up with tonight. Um, but anyway, um, I got back and. We broke up, like I thought, screaming match at each other. Um, and we lived in a one bedroom. So I, and I, it was, it was catered towards student living cause he was like back in um, grad school. And so I was paying for the living room and he was paying for the bedroom. So like I had to move all my stuff into the living room and that's where I slept. And um every single day like i would just think i was like what what is our fight going to be about today what is our fight going to be even after we broke up and i was still living there i lived there for a month um so i found a new place um and my mommy came to visit me for my birthday and we both had to sleep in the living room <laughs> like like I'll no oh my god i'll never forget that but uh we finally i finally found a place and i moved there and um after six months of me like trying to cope with everything that was going on like I didn't I have a huge support system here in North Carolina but I didn't have a support system there at all and like my anxiety was just like deteriorating me every single day because I I was just like I don't want to be here I don't want to be here I don't want to be here like I just wanted to be back home so I finally felt like I was defeated but I quit my job and I got a job here and I moved home in January of last year. And, um, it's still been a struggle like through, through all of that. Cause I still have so many triggers to different things, like whether it be what happened in 2011 or whether it be ha what happened just two years ago. But it, I, I like I deal with it day by day like to this day like I'm not on any anxiety medication now I don't feel like I'm at that point but it's it's like a struggle every single day like just yesterday like little triggers just yesterday I had a full-blown anxiety attack and I haven't had one in a really long time different than a panic attack just had an anxiety attack but I went bike riding with my boyfriend for the first time like i went to my grandma's house to get my bike out of storage i'd had my bike in dc the entire time and i haven't touched it since and um my bike is something like i always went on rides with um my my boyfriend that i lived with in dc and the last ride i remember last ride the last ride that i remember with him um he was just like let's meet up like i think i made a mistake and i was like oh he wants to get back together so like i meet up with him and i was like what was your mistake and he was like oh my mistake is that i didn't break up with you sooner oh and, my god and i was like and he had already found somebody else 
Um, and this happened. (laughs) And so I went on a bike ride yesterday. Um, and I like, I loved riding my back in DC. Like even when I lived alone, like that's what I did every single day and I enjoyed it. And like, this thought has not been in my mind forever, but got on a bike yesterday. I was riding behind my boyfriend. I lost it. I just started hyperventilating. I started crying because like the last time I rode was something like you, I didn't think something into my mind and it wasn't, I don't think about that ever, but I, I like, it's just like, you don't know what your triggers are until they happen. But um, yeah, I just, I started freaking out. My boyfriend was just like, are you okay? I'm like, this is what happened. I'm freaking out. I haven't ridden my bike since. Um, but no, he's, he's a really good sport about it. He, he's really good at handling them. But, um, yeah. So like, it's still like, it's still haunting me. It's still like a process, like to get over. But, um, yeah, I, I still have so many things that just like trigger different parts of anxiety and like panic in my body. Yeah. But, um, how do you, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's a process and obviously you're, you know, it's an, it's an everyday thing and you're still working through that. Do you have, have there been any things that have really been helping you um, get through that and maybe figure out those triggers or, or try and get over them? Yeah. So like, I just, I have a really great support system here. Um, and I have good people in my life and I always take things like day to day. Yeah. Like I know the next day is going to be better. And I know like all these feelings are temporary and that's something that like, that's the, I mean, that's even how like I got over like taking medication when I was 14 hours, just like everything that I'm feeling is temporary and I'm not always going to feel this way. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what I still try to think about whenever this happens. And that's what happened yesterday. And I had to tell myself like, you are not there anymore. You are not in DC. DC is a lovely place, by the way. Yeah, I love DC. DC is cool. Did not work out for me. Like, it's a love. I love visiting. I love like going back and visiting my friends. But like, I, I lived through total hell uh, while I was there. Um, so yeah, it's, I just have to take things day by day. Like I said, like me riding my bike. I was looking forward to it yesterday. I had no idea something like that, something so small, would just like make me go into a total breakdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Casey, that your story is a very powerful one, and it's it's really cool to see um, just how much. I mean, obviously, it, you are are very comfortable sharing it, but I'm sure that's taken lots and lots of work. Um, yeah, where you are, which is it makes you know, it's it's awesome to to see that you know you you've gotten over it and you're definitely a much stronger person for it. And I really appreciate you sharing it because you know this is something that. It, time and time again is getting brought up obviously with the me too movement yeah and i like you sharing your experience obviously isn't easy um but um it could potentially help somebody that that maybe may have gone through something similar so thank you for doing that yeah of course like if, if i've had I've had time to like heal from it. I still think about it a lot just cause like, I think I'm like more so like angry at myself and like angry at them. But um, it's definitely, I think made me a more understanding person and like a stronger person as like cliche as that sounds. But like, I, you know, like when, when people like that, like 
when they come out, when victims come out, like believe their story. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh. I need a drink too. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, let, let's, um, I wanted to talk to you about as well, like being a graphic designer and that process. Yeah. Because you, you seem to really enjoy it. Um, yeah. And uh, so you talked about, you know, you, you took it in college, the graphic design class, and then you just kind of stuck with it. What do you really enjoy about it? Yeah, I, I love how I can be completely creative and like graphic design is so persuasive. Like, I, I don't think, I think a lot of people like look past like what graphic design actually is, but it's like, if you see like a poster or like a brochure that just like intrigues you and it's just like, oh yeah, like that sounds really, really cool. I mean, I just like love how persuasive it is. Yeah. Um, I, Oh, and of course, I, I know what I did for you, which like is a little different, but I I got to be completely creative in a sense where like I got to like, so many people have different styles and I got to do my own style. And of course, like when I showed you what I did, like I was so okay. nervous because I don't think I've ever like done a project like that big before. And so I was like sending it. I was like, my heart's pounding. Is it going to like it? Because like I don't yeah. do a lot of like freelance projects. Like yeah. I I work for state government like right now. So it's like you you can be creative, but you can't go be like too creative. Yeah. <laughs> so like I had a lot of fun. Like I'm really looking forward to the next one. Yeah, totally. Um, I was going to ask because obviously being a creative and I've talked with a, a couple other people about it. Creativity, you describe it as kind of like a muscle that you need to constantly, constantly be working out because you know, <laughs> you know it's just like, um, you can be at one level, but if you if you don't practice it, you know it's just it's either going to get worse, or you know if you continue practicing, you it it'll eventually reach just an entirely other level. Um, yeah. How do you, um, outside of you know the government job, how do you continue to flex your creative muscles and uh, and do stuff like that? You know, whether it be passion projects or just like personal things, how do you continue yeah. to do that? No. So I, I look for new inspiration every single day. And like, I try to update my portfolio like as much as possible. Um, cause I think I, I've worked with a lot of people where you can tell like, yeah, they got their degree back in like 2000 or like 1999. And it's like, that's fine. Yeah. It's good, but it's just like graphic design is always evolving and that's something that you're gonna have to like keep up with and so i follow like a lot of inspirational people and i work on my own projects at home and then there's people like you there's just like casey can you do this and it's just mm -hmm. like yes i love doing stuff for other people um because it makes me more comfortable because like i i just graduated three years ago so i'm still considered just like junior or like just like entry level and so when it comes to me being like my own art director, when it when it comes to like doing stuff like I did for you, it makes me like a little bit stronger and like more comfortable for like when I take my next step in life. But yeah, I'm I'm always working on new stuff or like looking up stuff. Um, yeah, following people. Mm -hmm. What do you have? Sort of like a let's see, a place where you'd like to be eventually. Like, do you have like a 
you know, like a goal, like I would like to do this eventually with your graphic design artist. Yeah, I don't know, like starting your own company or, you know, something. Yeah. Like Have you thought about that or are you just kind of like taking it day by day? I've like, I've thought like I, so I've been working from home for the past, God, since March 10th. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Like, I feel like I get so much more done here than I mm -hmm. ever did at work. And so like, a, like I've had time to work on creative freelance projects and I've been thinking like, it's so nice working from home. Like it'd be so nice if I could get to a point in freelancing where I feel comfortable just doing that full time and just like traveling whenever I want to. Or, I mean, my other I guess, dream would be just to like work my way up to an art director. Like I think that's what, I, but starting my own business I'm not a business person <laughs> at all. <laughs> like freelancing is like where I'll stop, which I guess is your own business. It but, is. But as of like having like other people work for me, like I wouldn't even know where to begin. I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not a business person, but freelancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could hire somebody to help you out with that too. Uh, it, it would take, it would take just like me learning how to even yeah. conduct business. True. Well, that could help. you. I mean, you you constantly need to be evolving as a person. Yeah. Uh, so that could be your next endeavor going yeah. into business. You never know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> With someone else's help and guidance and mentorship. <laughs> True. We'll, we'll find you somebody. Yeah. You have a favorite project that you've worked on? Oh my gosh. I'm not going to lie. I really think yours has been my favorite just because mo like your yours is like the first big freelance project that I did. And of course, like I love doing stuff for I mean, most of my projects in my portfolio right now are like stuff I did for school, which like doesn't even count. And then I did stuff. I worked at George Washington University in D.C. Like I love doing that stuff. But this was like the first thing that I got to like do start from finish without anybody being like, oh, I think you should do this. Oh, I think you should do this. And like, I still got people's opinion on it before I sent it to you. I was like, does this look good? But yeah, I think that's my favorite just because that's like the first big project that I've done. And what, like when you first sent it to me, I was just like. <laughs> do I really want to do this? <laughs> No, but it was like it was so much fun like i loved it i loved it well i guess i can give a sneak peek about or a little preview of what it actually is uh, <laughs> it has something to do with my photography and getting it into a a sort of digital format um for potentially creating some other project i won't I'll go super into it because you know i'm not exactly sure how long this is going to take this this other thing uh, and, and building that up but you know when it comes out i'm super pumped for it and casey is going to be a big part of it um, i know because there are many other designs that i'm cooking up in my head that i'm going to need her help with so you may have those same faces again that you just made and i sent you more photos oh i was like i was so nervous because i was like i don't know about that i've never done something like that but it was fun it turned out super cool. I mean, I, I'm just teasing it right now, but I'm super pumped for it. And Casey, thank you so much for that. Yeah, no, of course. Um, do you, well, let me ask you this. 
Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on my question all of a sudden. Hold up. <laughs> You're good. Um, Casey, what would, um, you shared a big part of your life and your story. What would you like people to, to sort of get out from that? Like if there's something that you could say, it could be more than one thing, um, but what would you like people to, to sort of really take from your story? Well, I shared a lot. So there's like a lot of different things that I think you could get out of it. Um, one, don't be afraid to make that leap that you could be thinking about in your head. Um, and I guess that would be talking about like me starting on my fitness journey that it's still what I'm doing to this day, something that I stuck to. Like, don't be afraid and like, don't don't hesitate at all and yeah. that's for like literally anything quitting your job going like to a different country like any anything like that and i guess for the other like deep thing this is i get like this is my first time sharing sharing that story like out loud to somebody yeah. who isn't like like super super close to me and like i said like i'm super open about it and i think what I've been afraid of this entire time is like someone not believing me because like that's all you see over over the media. Yeah. I, I, one, don't be afraid and don't let anyone tell you that. Don't don't let anyone tell you like what your values are. Like don't make it make you feel bad. Don't let it make you feel like you are worth any less than what you are like mm -hmm. everyone's worth so so much um and just just believe people when when they tell their story and when they like finally have the courage to um i know it's like a very controversial thing because like with with like celebrities with like people coming forward like it's mm -hmm. it's it's heartbreaking to me because it's just like this happens like way too often. Yeah. Totally. But don't, don't be afraid to tell your story. Like it took me, it's 2020. This happened in 2011. I just started becoming comfortable with it within like the last two years, like mm -hmm. come forward. Yeah. And, and I, to I totally get why people don't like, I, w I was terrified, so terrified, but yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing it. And I totally agree in terms of, I mean, whatever it may be, I think by sharing it, um, it helps you. Um, I think, I mean, I, I just started um, actually like doing counseling and therapy myself um, to deal with other things. I mean, just like living with a, a dad who is an alcoholic and, you know, dealing with anxiety myself, not feeling worthy at times that sort of stuff and never really sharing it yeah um, and i think it's super important to, first of all get that off your chest um because like you said it, the anxiety and, and holding stuff in um really starts to eat away at you on the inside mm -hmm. um as well as as you share more you become i guess more comfortable talking about it and you become stronger and you you start realizing how much of an impact your story can 
can have on others too, um, which is a big reason why I'm I'm doing these things. I want you yeah. know I want other people to to feel comfortable sharing their story and and hopefully through these um, the people that are listening can can get something and can really you know, relate and hopefully feel empowered or inspired in some sort of way to, you know, do whatever it is um, in their life. Um, so yeah, Casey, thank you so much uh, for joining me. Um, last question is how can we, me, myself, um, other people, um, how can we best support you in, in your future endeavors or projects or whatnot or, um, or anything like that? Oh my gosh. Well, if anyone needs a graphic designer, mm -hmm. I'm more than open to more projects. Uh, I'll have my website up soon. Mm -hmm. So if they want to like, see if I can actually do what they want me to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, put do your uh, this is your chance to, to throw in some plugs uh, <laughs> on your social media, your website, whatever, uh, email, <laughs> so in case people want to reach you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You can follow me at queso Mac, um, on Instagram rap and, name. and yeah, that's my rap name and, and website coming soon. But yeah, if anyone needs anything graphic design related. Yeah. And if, um, would you be, if anybody, you know, is either going through anxiety or, or something similar that you've gone through, would you be open to somebody reaching out to you and talking about that as well? Oh my God, absolutely. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if a lot of people like know my whole story, but like a lot of people know my, my DC story. Cause I trash that boy. <laughs> that boy. Oh, that he should, he should get trash. That dude is trash. literally trash. Yeah, no, like people reach out to me about that all the time because, like, mm -hmm. I um I read this is off topic. I, we're I know we're about done, but I read a book called How to Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse, mm -hmm. and that book like saved me. It like made me understand like why some people are the way that they are. Um, but yeah, I absolutely I'd be so open to hearing people's stories or like helping them like yeah. I've, I've been coping my entire life like from eight years old with with like severe anxiety mm -hmm. and so I'd, what, I'd, what would be the best way to reach out to you i guess my i guess my instagram okay. yeah like dm me i check my dms every day i don't have a lot of followers so it's not like you'll be like filtered somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> i'll get back to you i promise um, and yeah, I'll, I'll, super lengthy. So <laughs> I'll make sure to um, I'll I'll include that when this comes out. I'll include that in the description as well. So if anybody would like to reach out to Casey and talk to her, um, it'll be right there. So you can uh, have that communication if need be. Cool. Sweet. Well, I had fun. Yeah, I'm glad. So Casey was super nervous about this at the start, and you know. I, think, I stutter when I'm nervous. And so that's what I was, I, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to stutter. I know I'm going to stutter. <laughs> well, I don't think you stuttered at all. I, and uh, I'm super happy you did this. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I need to go to cookout now. Since I'm literally, I literally don't leave yeah, that. Every, I don't know. I don't know where all it's, I like, it's all over North Carolina. I don't know about any other states. I'll look into it. I'll let you guys, <laughs> but yeah, no cookout. They have everything and you can get like a whole tray for like $5 and a milkshake. If you add that to it, it'll be like $6, but you can get like 
six things for six dollars. So you've got you unhealthy. It's super. Oh my god, it's so unhealthy, but it's so good, and they still open till like five a.m. So it's the perfect place to go after the bar if you're into that thing. I'm not anymore, but. <laughs> I had some fond memories there. You've got I it. I love it. He's new. He's from Scotland. He's new to North Carolina. What's, what's his name? I didn't hear his name. Huh? I didn't hear his name. What, what's his oh, name? Dan, my boy, Danny. He's Danny. from Scotland. And so he's new to North Carolina. And so he like is upset. He loves the cheap prices at cookout. He's, there. he's like, can we go to cookout? Because he can't drive here. <laughs> so he's like, can we go to cookout? Can you give me a cookout? I'm like, Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. You've got the cookout stuff to a science. You know all the prices. Oh my god. Yeah. No, they're called cookout trays. When you go, ask for a cookout tray. Oh man, I'm gonna be out there tomorrow. Please, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in, in, in like a full-on hazmat suit though because of COVID. Thanks, COVID. They they don't have any indoor places. It's only you can order through the drive-through at the window. Can't eat inside. Do they? Oof. Do it's they like, like one of the small places? Oh yeah. Do yeah. they DoorDash though? That's the real question. Do they what? DoorDash. Oh, I don't think. No, Man. I don't. Well, Uber Eats, and I know they don't Uber Eats, so maybe they DoorDash. We'll see. Well, I'm gonna figure it out, and I need to get it before I leave North Carolina. You no, you have to. And then of course, like you know, Bojangles. Like you oh, gotta. Yeah. Go I know Bojangles. All right. Besides the song. And Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A. Oh, well, obviously Chick-fil-A. <laughs> they, they brought one to the Bay Area, which is... Wait, there is one there? Yeah, they just uh, recently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I I never know where, like, fast food restaurants are. I always assume that everyone has everything, and then I've, like, quickly learned that it's not. No, so. it's not. I mean, y'all don't y'all don't got to... Oh, look at that. I'm bringing out my, uh, my, my Southern. Oh, no. <laughs> No, because like when I first moved to DC, oh, I just interrupted you. Sorry, you can go ahead. Oh, you're good. I was going to say, y'all don't have In N Out. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. I, I've been to California a couple times. I've never been. Shake Shack, though. Well, we don't have Shake Shack, but DC does. Shake Shack's mm -hmm. good. But no, when I moved to DC, I was talking to my coworkers. I was just like, oh, wish you guys had a con key. And they're like, a what? I was like, a con key. I was like, you know, they like make it in front of your face, they flip the shrimp in your mouth, and they're like, do you mean Benihana's? That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I was like, no, it's Conkey. What do you mean? And then I look. I was like, Conkeys are everywhere. My entire life growing up, I thought Conkeys were everywhere. I looked it up like two years ago, and it was like three locations only, all in North Carolina. I was like, there are three Conkeys. Well, I have been to all three, <laughs> so I thought that they were everywhere. But yeah, they're just like, you don't mean Benihana's, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking <laughs> about Casey. I questioned everything after that. I was like, do you guys know what PF Chang's is? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Uh, we, will, we will continue this fast food talk right after this. Um, but Casey, seriously, I, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, out of probably everybody that I, I'm planning on talking to, you're the one that I probably knew the least, like in terms of just like having like a, a personal relation. Um, so that's why I'm I'm super grateful that you're willing to share this stuff, and, and you know be so open and willing to do this. Um, and I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah, I did too. Thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, of course. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your night.
Thank you. I'm about, I'm about to eat this chicken fried rice. That oh, you already know. I'm about to eat this white cloth. <laughs> All right. I will see you. All right. Bye. Bye.